Hey, I'm Pastor Joe Wood, and we are glad that you are here this morning. Hey, um, if you're watching this, then let's just be honest. You're not seeing the backdrop that you're used to seeing if this is your church, because I'm not on stage. You're actually in my house, and you're in my house because there's a lot going on in the world today, right? We're all painfully aware of it, and as much as it is inconveniencing me, and I'm not saying I like it, Joe Wood is not the most important person on the planet in everybody's life. So what we are doing is saying, how can we as a congregation gather everybody together in the safest manner possible and at the same time give everybody an opportunity to interact with us? So I am looking forward to Easter. I wasn't looking forward to doing it in my kitchen, but I am looking forward to Easter. I'm going to start with this message right here. Uh, the sermon series that we're going to do is called I Saw Jesus, and then there's a blank, because what we're looking at is people that saw Jesus, and what did it end up mean, meaning as we lead up to Easter? And so I'm actually going to begin with John. Um, we're going to begin in John chapter 1, verse 1, uh, and that kind of, kind of a crazy place to start for Easter uh, sermon, but I want to do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whip up my little Bible here, and this is what I'm using, and since you're at home, you probably know where yours is, and you don't need to use your electronic instrument. You can just like, pow, put that leather Bible right on the table, gather the family around, and we are doing Jesus together. So let's look at this right now. Let's get a little serious and look at this. The scripture says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. Man, there's a whole sermon series right there, but let's go on. Through him, that's Christ Jesus, all things were made Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, yet his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And this is where we want to begin our message today, okay? This is where we want to begin what I will call our run-up to Easter, okay? Because this is John. This is John who was with Jesus. This is John who understood Jesus. This is John who is going to launch right into the very words, the very title of this sermon that we're looking at, okay? But who is this John? Now, understand, this is not John the Baptist writing this, this uh, message to us. It's John, the brother of James, what is uh, largely theologically understood to be the cousin of um, Simon, who we know as Peter, and Andrew. And believe it or not, they're all partners together in this big fishing venture with um, their father as well. They have multiple boats. Um, if you read through the, the uh, gospel accounts of Jesus' interacting with his disciples, you will come to understand just how much was actually going on as Jesus ministered in and amongst uh, Nazareth and, and in around Capernaum and the Sea of Galilee. And so that's what we're looking at. So three years, three and a half years before Easter, 
Jesus interacts with James and John and Peter and Andrew, um, and he calls them to be his disciples. They're fishermen. They're out on the boat. But but let's just understand the time that they're living in, okay? Because John is remembering this whole account, and he's thinking it through, and he's penning it for you and I so that we can understand what was going on. And remember, John's whole life was, was taking place in and around a Roman occupancy, So when he says the light has come into the world and the world was in darkness, he's talking about the fact that the Romans have conquered them. And to some degree, even the Roman Empire considered Jerusalem the armpit of the world. They were always making trouble. They were always pushing back against the Romans. There was always some sort of a rebellion going on. It was kind of ridiculous. And so John is setting the stage for us. And as he writes this letter, he's setting the stage for people that understood that there were Roman soldiers everywhere. These Roman soldiers, are, you know, when, when they hear John say um, that the light came into the darkness, they could see, probably as they're reading it, um, some, some form of Rome pressing in and oppressing them. And so here we are, and John is saying, this light has broken through to us personally. And we perceived him. We saw him. We walked with him. We were there. And, and, and so we're going to talk about that, okay? And so he goes on to make some, uh, some kind of quick statements. He's making some quick statements about Jesus. Um, he's taking, um, so, uh, making some, some quick statements about the environment that um, he's writing this book in and what's going on. And, and the first thing that he's telling us as he begins to tell us that Jesus was God, is God, all things were created through Christ, so, so we can trust God. He's, he's laying a foundation of Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. We can trust him. And he's kind of lingering it out there for the anticipated coming Messiah from the book of Deuteronomy when, um, when Moses says that um, God's going to call forth a prophet um, and you need to listen to every single word he says. I guess, you know, God says it to Moses and Moses says it um, to you and I, but, but that's there. But there's some things in this passage right here to set up for Easter and the idea that I saw Jesus. Um, there's some things that we need to grab a hold of, especially, especially in the midst of everything that we're going through right here. And that is that people don't always see God. People don't see God. Listen, we understand that God is everywhere. God is here. We see God, as Paul would say to the, to the church in Rome, we see God in nature. We see God in the little birds. We see God in the, the absolute specific magnificence of creation and the, the, the attention to detail. We see God. And yet John is saying people don't see God. God himself actually came you know, and, and, and lived among us and people couldn't even conceive of the idea that God was walking amongst us. And so he's trying to do this. The light of the world came. That's God. The God who created us all. He came in the person of his son. He came amongst us and the world did not recognize him. It's not a lot different than what we're going through today right now. See, because we kind of get into patterns over centuries and we're kind of, you know, 2,000 years past the, the, the coming of the Lord, the initial baby in the manger. And, and so the further we get from that moment, the less it starts, you know, to mean to us. And so the further we get and, and Jesus hasn't come back yet, then Paul will say, you know, hey, you know, his coming is imminent, his coming is imminent. And people were like, well, where is it, Paul? You know, come on, man. That was just within 60 years. We're 2,000 years away. And we're not always looking to see that God is, in fact, interacting in our lives. 
We've talked about this before, but my wife and I had a kind of a rough ending to uh, 2019. I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? Going into spring 2020, I'd rather go back to the fall of 2019 and live that over again. I just really would. But that being said, okay, my son was in a head-on car accident. And we didn't know what happened. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know the healing process. Um, and it was just like, wow. But God protected him. And that will always be our testimony. That in the midst of all of that, even if God had taken him home, we know that God was moving in our lives, in his lives, in the lives of the young lady that was involved in her family. And so we've got to stop and say, God, what can we learn from this? What's going on? And John begins this by saying, people don't see God. They don't see him. He was in the world. And though the world was made um, through him, the world did not recognize him. And so we need to, uh, to grab a hold of that. Jesus came during a time of, of uh, oppression. The Romans occupied the land. Look, look at this. The Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law occupied the church, the synagogue. The law is, existed as a taskmaster, a tyrant, an abusive system to the people. The people were just trying to stay alive. How many times did Jesus interact with poor people? And listen to me, if you think poor is poor, what we see around us here, it's relative, so don't let me make little of it. But listen, go to a third world country where you, you will see what poor is. You will see people that will just be happy. They're so poor. If you could just touch them and pray for them, please, that's all they're asking of you. So Jesus is living in that kind of a poor, the kind of poor where if you don't have food, you give somebody your coat and you hope that you can get some food and they'll give you your coat back tomorrow, but they may not have to because you may not be here. It's that kind of poor that they're living in. People were just trying to keep their families or lives together. People were longing for a better time. People needed hope and didn't have a clue where to look. They didn't believe that God saw them. They kind of had gotten like 400 years from Malachi and there was a, a drought of hearing the word of the Lord. And they were getting to the place, just like you and I do. We go through difficult circumstances and we say, God, do you care about us? Do you care what we're going through? Because it hurts. And they were living that out. And people wondered, maybe, just maybe, God's forgotten me. And so John is trying to write this letter. And when we talk about the lead up to Easter, we have to begin within the beginning. What's the word? And the word was with God and the word was God and through him all things were made and without him nothing was made that has been made. The light of the world came into the world, but the world didn't perceive it because the darkness is what we focused our attention on. What if we started focusing our attention on the light? When times become troubling, let me share this with you. When times become troubling, people do not automatically turn to God, but they do begin to be open to it. And so a lot of times people will say, why do you think this happened to me? And even with our present circumstance, no, I don't think God wanted this. No, I don't think God orchestrated this. I think this is a, a result of our humanity and the world and, you know, the, the sin that came out of the Garden of Eden years ago. But I do believe this. If we begin to put things back in God's hands, personally, okay, let's, let's don't talk nationally. Let's talk personally. If we begin to put things back in God's hands, we begin to see God do amazing things. And we begin to say, oh, I saw God in this. 
I saw God here. And our testimony becomes the encouragement and the hope for the people that we're living and walking around. In times of great oppression or suffering, the church oft times will actually grow. The earliest example of that actually is um, um, Stephen. Um, uh, the church in Jerusalem, Jesus says to them, I want you to go out into all the world. I want you to make disciples. And then he gets ascended into heaven. And what do they do? Everybody hides in the upper room. You see, Jesus says, go into all the world. Everybody locks the door. And so what happens? He says, all right. And then the, the synagogue comes and oppresses the Christian people. What happens when that happens? They flee from the epicenter, which is Jerusalem, out into all the world. And as they go into all the world, the circle of the church and the gospel of Jesus Christ goes into all the known world. And so it's oft times in times of great oppression when people have to physically move that we find that the gospel goes out and the church is built up. You know, I'm kind of aware of that. Um, in the days of uh, um, Idi Amin back in the 70s, um, when Idi Amin came into Uganda and, and uh, the church had to go underground because it's estimated that he killed over 500,000 Christian people, people that claimed to be Christians, um, whether they were Catholic or Protestant or other. It's, it's, it's estimated in his short time that, that I mean, he, and it was, it was bloody and it was abusive and it was the most horrible thing you've ever heard of. And you think, wow, how can that go on? And yet, when he finally got ousted, the church had gone, and I'm just making up numbers, but the church had gone from like 500 to 50,000 in the period of oppression. Why? Because people went underground, and when they went underground, they were looking for hope. And the Christian church was not afraid to say, let me tell you about a God named Jesus who came and died for you, and this world is not what we're to cling to. So when we leave, we go to a better place. And that was amazing. It is our responsibility as we head to Easter, okay, 2,000 years later, it's our responsibility to help people see Jesus today, okay? And listen, I fail at that. I fail at that because I want to fight the enemy, okay? And, and maybe fighting the enemy is not always the right step, but sometimes it is. And knowing is wisdom, and we can all decide whether or not I've got that, okay? But in the meantime, our responsibility is to help people see Jesus. The world, people don't see God, just like in, in John chapter 1. So it's our responsibility to help pe people to see Jesus today. We do that through our testimony. John, he's writing a whole book, a whole letter, to tell people, what, what, what are you doing as we head up to Easter to tell people about what God's doing in the midst of the circumstances we live in right now. If things are bad and, and your son's in the hospital and your wife's in the hospital and you're crashing, where's your testimony? Where's your backup? Don't freak out. I know God is doing amazing things. We do that, and this is going to be a big one. This is going to be, I'm challenging those of you in this region, specifically those of you in this county. We do that through our unity. The churches, the churches need to come together. They don't need to come together under Joe Wood. They don't need to come together under that person or that person. We need to come together and we need to say, how do we shepherd central Kentucky? So the people will see the unity of the church that Jesus prayed for in John 17. And they'll say, wow, I want to be a part of that. Now, sometimes God does things in the church and uh, people step back and say, huh, I don't want to join them, but I want to keep watching. Okay. And Ananias and Sapphira is a good example of that. However, 
right now in this time leading up to Easter. We are going to have the greatest opportunity leading up to Easter to show our unity. And then finally, they see God through our service. Who are you serving? Who are you checking up on? Who are you taking bread to? Sometimes service is what you do for somebody, and sometimes service is what you don't do to somebody. Okay? Can I just take a second here? You know, I'm staying on script for the most part, but can I just take a second here and say, you don't have to buy all the toilet paper. Okay? Let's just be honest. Are you going to use that much toilet paper between now and Christmas? Seriously? Are you going to use that much toilet paper? I have a friend whose son has a, 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 an allergy system in his body that is, he, he's allergic to, in my head, everything. And when his mom goes into the grocery store and everybody's afraid that they're not going to get to leave their house so they buy every stinking snack on the shelf so that they've got it and somebody else doesn't, she can't buy food for her son because she needs these turkey products. And I'm not going to out who it is. I'm just saying. We don't need our old people going to the grocery and there's no food because Healthy Joe bought it all so that I can be smug and fold my hands. Listen to me. Sometimes, sometimes... Serving other people is about what we don't do so that they also can be cared for. And I want to encourage you in that, okay? So in times like this, we need to recognize that these are the times when people are not looking for God, but they're open to God. And God has said, it's up to you to go make disciples. The second thing that I see John is doing here that I, I kind of uh, wrestle with is, John, John's not telling you, like, we're, we're 2,000 years down the road. And so what I'm telling you, here, what I'm telling you is what is written in this book. All I can preach is this, okay? Um, this is just a little thing for my granddaughter, but um, I won't preach that. I'm going to preach this, okay? And you can see, man, I highlight the living daylights. I, I, I like to read. I like to study. I like to do. Okay, all I can tell you is what's written in the Scripture. I know for a fact as a pastor, I can't change that. But John is saying, he didn't know he was writing the Bible. And what John was saying was, look, I was there. So number one, people don't see God, but they're open to it. Number two, John's not saying, hey, Joe Wood wrote a letter. He's saying, I was there. I saw it. I touched it. I felt it. And what I saw, I proclaim to you. I'm going to share this around with you. I need you to know this right here. Okay, I'm putting it on blast, okay? I, I need you to see it. And so you're not getting anything except a very research-critical first-person account of what really happened, that God moved and is still moving on the earth today. It's just a, que a question of whether or not we will be used. So the Word became flesh made his dwelling among us. These are John's words in, first, in John 1. We have seen, we have seen. I saw Jesus. We have seen his glory. What's his glory? We have seen him do miracles. We have seen him raise the dead. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, full of grace full of the free gift of bringing you healing and love and compassion and not being angry with you and holding the law against you. Free. You can't earn it. But also truth. It has to have truth. If, if everybody can change this just to make it fit everybody because we've got big feelings for other people who are sinners, then we don't, any one of us, have anything to stand on. 
There's no foundation if we keep changing it. Whosoever will may come to God. Whosoever will that will recognize that they're sinners and that Jesus paid for them. They can come. We saw it happen, John says. We were there. He welcomed everybody. But they had to come according to what he, he had written down so that he could be laying a strong foundation of a life that you dream of. And, and that's what Jesus is trying to do. And so he says, I, and I love it that John says, we have seen his glory. I would love to see the glory of God. And when I say that to myself, I say, open up your eyes. Look at that police officer that's sitting there underneath the stop sign and brought pizza to that homeless woman. And he's just sitting there taking his lunch break and having dinner with her. Look at the people going next door to make sure that their neighbors have food. Look at the people that are transporting people back and forth to the hospitals or to their appointments or whatever can happen. Look at the people that have decided to get outside of themselves. You will see the glory of God. John was saying, we were there from the beginning of his ministry and we have seen his glory. We saw what happened. And, and this is what he's saying. John says, this is what he saw Jesus do. We saw Jesus preach from the boat out on the water. We saw Jesus grant us a catch of fish and consequently just fill us with great wealth. We saw this. John said, I'm there. I got my partners with me. The boats are sinking. We saw the glory of we fished all night when Peter said and couldn't catch any fish. But because you say so, Lord, get that in your heart. But because you say so, they went back out and fished, put their nets down on the right side of the boat. and Up come the fish and the boats began to sink. John said, I saw the glory of that miracle. John said, I saw him transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he was talking to Moses and Elijah. John is saying, thousands of years afterward, I saw Moses himself. I saw Elijah himself standing right there. You know, it's like you, some of you are like that with like, you know, TV personalities and, you know, like the wildcat personalities. And you're like, look, here I am. I saw him. I saw him. Can you imagine if, if John had a cell phone? And would have been taking a, a selfie with Moses and Elijah in the backdrop while Jesus was like, not even in the picture because he's blazing white. And they're like, look, look, I was there. There they are in the backdrop. Okay, he said, I was there. John says, I saw Jesus walking on the water. John says, I saw Jesus raise the dead, heal the sick, the blind, the deaf. I saw Jesus cast out demons. He said, I saw Jesus empowering the disciples to do that very thing. He's saying, I saw Jesus feeding the multitudes two different times. Not one, but two different times. One time it was 5,000 plus men and children. One time it was 4,000 plus men and children. Two different events. It wasn't like, well, he did that one time, so this is how it happened. He did it twice. John said, I saw it. I was there. Um, he said, I saw Jesus gently love filthy sinners, of who Joe Wood was the greatest. He loved me. He loves me. And I want you to know that this is a time when I can say, I saw it. I see God loving people. I see him embracing people. And that's where we need to be. John says, I saw Jesus call out, strongly call out, spiritual abuse. Spiritual abuse is not somebody calling you out for your sin. Spiritual abuse is abuse. That's admonition, and pastors are supposed to be doing that. So if you left your church because somebody called you out for your sin, I, listen, I love you, but rethink that. Your pastor, your spiritual leaders are supposed to be doing that. That's what Paul told Timothy the word of God was for, admonishing. Encouraging, teaching, building up. 
but admonishing. Come away from sin. What you're doing is sin. And then we get all hurt and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> We've got to be community. This is not the time to leave community. He said, um, I saw Jesus preach um, truth. I saw Jesus choose not to compromise on the gospel, even when it cost him his life. I saw Jesus endure the beatings because him and Peter got to go in. And then John was known by the household, and so he got to go in even further. We don't really know it, and John didn't write about it that I'm aware of, but John got to see quite a bit. John got to see him endure on the cross for your and my sins. John got to see him buried in a cave. John got to see him standing in the upper room on the morning of the day of Easter. John got to see him given the commission to 120 disciples to go out and make more disciples. Um, John got to see him be God to you and I. And so John says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only son who came from God, full of grace and truth. John got to see it. I saw Jesus. And I want to challenge the church just a little bit because if we don't start looking for Jesus, if we don't start following Jesus, if we don't start showing Jesus around, we may, we may lose ourselves in the midst of everything going on in our world. Pastor Janice and I went on a motorcycle trip last year after the regional conference and we rode all the way out to Cape Cod. It was a wonderful time just to get away. It was a little cool, a little drizzly, but the sun did shine. And, and we saw this. Check out this. What do you think this is a picture of? Looks like a church, doesn't it? It was a church. And it was built a long, long, long time ago, but right now it's a house. You know why it's a house? Because people didn't see God anymore. People didn't look for God anymore. People didn't walk with God anymore. People didn't have hope. And it was just easier to roll over and go to sleep than it was to go to this church. And this church finally got to the place where it sold itself off as a house or to somebody who turned it into a house. It's a magnificent house. I walked and walked and walked around this thing because I thought, I'm going to paint a picture. I love to paint. I'm going to paint a picture of this beautiful church. And then I saw a sign that said, this is our house. Please give us some space. Don't peek in the windows. It's like, oh, now I'm that guy. I'm peeking in the windows. It was a house because it forgot its purpose. If we forget our purpose, why would we not think God would take it away and give it to somebody else? And I want to encourage you in that. During this time of struggle, during this time of fear, during this time of darkness, remember this. Where has God been faithful to you in the past? Because right now, the world may not be looking for God, but they're open to it. And so this is a time for you and I to be able to say, we don't need a theological ability to, to lay out, you know, whatever else. What we need to do is be able to say, hey, God loves you, and this is what he did in my life, and I think he'll do it for you. Can I pray for you right now? What have you seen God do in your life? Who can you say this to? We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Because somebody needs you to bring them along on a journey to Easter. Give them this sight. And right now I'm anticipating Easter back in the church. Begin to think who you're going to invite. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It doesn't feel like it now, but this is the year of the Lord's favor. This is a jubilee time. The second thing is you need to be encouraged, you do, to remember God brought us here. He will bring us into greater victory. Listen, I keep saying that over and over again, don't I? You're sick and tired of hearing it. Listen, 
God brought us here. He didn't bring us here to drown. He brought us here to be a church. And that's a good thing. Jeremiah 17 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. And it never fails to bear fruit. Easter is remembered with John saying, I saw Jesus. And this is what he did. Listen, we're going to wrap this up right now. If you're going through a time of anxiety, and there's a lot of anxiety out there, I, I don't want to discredit that. I want you to know that we have people that want to pray for you right now. Just go to vineyardrichmond.com and click on the links, and people will pray for you. We love you. We want to make a difference. It's time for you to start telling people where you saw God.